and welcome to the 52nd episode of The Week with Roger, a conversation between analysts about all things telecom, media, and technology from Recon Analytics. I'm Don Kellogg, and with me as always is Roger Entner. How are you doing, Roger? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. So things are starting to heat up in terms of the 3.45 auction. And one of the interesting developments recently has been renewed talk about a spectrum screen for mid-band spectrum holdings. Roger, just to start off, can you tell us a little bit about what the Spectrum screen was designed to do? And then maybe we can get into some specifics around why some industry players, notably AT&T, are renewing calls for adjusting the way the Spectrum screen works on mid-band? Yeah, the the FCC instituted oh, 20 years ago, 15 years ago, a Spectrum screen to prevent that one operator or two operators, right, could dominate the spectrum in a given market. And with that, create an unfair competition in what happens, right? And it traditionally had applied to only AWS spectrum and and below, because the FCC, in its great foresight, determined that the 2.5 gigahertz spectrum was not really usable for mobile uh, use. Right. 15 years ago, they determined that, right? Yes. And, yeah. and then they reaffirmed that over and over again. As long as Sprint had that spectrum and proved year after year the FCC right, there there wasn't really a, a significant problem with well, that. Well, first Clearwire and then Sprint, right, if we're talking about the 2.5 gigahertz well, spectrum. Sprint owned half of, a little bit more than half of the country, and Clearwire owned, like, the rest of it, like 40%. So they, they both did, did stuff and or didn't do stuff, right? And and by the way, we have to recognize that carriers all the time are using the regulator for a competitive advantage, right? So it's not uncommon that they petition things. I, I would like to remind uh, the listeners to the 600 megahertz auction where uh, T-Mobile convinced the FCC that they were in such a horrible uh, low-band uh, spectrum situation that the FCC should implement a spectrum screen that effectively prevented Verizon and AT&T to participate in the auction. As a result... T-Mobile won a nationwide license, yeah. T-Mobile won everything it wanted to win, right? Right. Because Sprint sat it out, and the little guys didn't had as much chance against T-Mobile as they would have had against AT&T or, or Verizon, right? If you're a monkey, it doesn't matter if a 600-pound gorilla or at that time an 800-pound gorilla starts beating up on you. You know, it doesn't matter anymore. They, they they have more assets than you. Right. So T-Mobile managed to effectively lock out the other two big operators, the two largest operators at that time, from the 600 megahertz auction. Buy everything they wanted and leave the rest to the little guys, right? The FCC then, with a merger with Sprint, did not revisit this and did not revisit 2.5, but just waved it through. It gave T-Mobile substantially more more mid-band spectrum in the in the PCS and AWS band, 
and it gave them the, the nationwide, almost nationwide license on 2.5. Oh my God, did they prove the FCC wrong that you can't do anything decent with 2.5, right? And so Verizon and AT&T are arguing, well, maybe it would be time for the FCC to realize and recognize reality and, and maybe consider that 2.5 should be included in a spectrum screen that would adjust the bidding eligibility for for future auctions. Right. So let's talk about where things stand right now. Right. So if we if we measure this by megahertz pops for all of midband, T-Mobile has roughly two hundred ninety megahertz pops nationally. AT&T has about 180, Verizon has 250, and DISH has 90. And this is all kind of at the conclusion of C-band. So a, purport, a large proportion of that AT&T and Verizon mid-band holdings is not active yet, right? Yeah, it's not active until December this year and in, what, two years? 2023, Also, correct. we would like to point out that, it, uh, that T-Mobile always likes to remind us that their mid-band is better than the other carrier's mid-band because it's 2.5 and not 3.5, right? So not only do they have more, but based on what they say themselves, they have better. So, And the other guys say like, well, fine and good. Why don't we apply the, the same lessons that... We had in the past, now that T-Mobile is no longer the runt of the litter, but the second largest carrier and is most of the time still the fastest growing to this so that we have competitive marketplace and competitive parity, right? Or reasonably comparative parity. And so that's the argument that AT&T and Verizon are making, basically saying what was good in the past when we were disadvantaged by it, uh, why is it no longer good now? So, I mean, that's all fine and good, but why wasn't this argument made during the Sprint merger, right? I mean, it seems like the time would have to, to make the argument would have been before T-Mobile's acquired all these assets and actually deployed towers and, and, and phones and everything on them. Why is now the, the appropriate time for this to come up? Well, the appropriate time for it is now because we have the 3.45 auction and we have the upcoming 3.624 auctions. So this is the future. I'm pretty sure that folks kick themselves that they haven't opposed the T-Mobile Sprint acquisition more vigorously because they all stood by and basically watched it happen. And I'm sure they're not happy with, with, with the mistakes of the past. But we don't live in the past, and so now we live in the present and the future, right? So did they make a mistake? Yeah. So what, what are the practical implications here? Is this a scenario where we'd expect to see, we might see a ruling before 3.45, or is this intended to... to tamp down T-Mobile's aspirations in 3.45 if they might have to give something up? What, what, is, what happens next here? I don't think there's enough time between now and, and the 3.45 auction that anything will happen. I think they run out of time. I think it's more looking forward to the 3.6 to 4, 4 gigahertz auctions that will come and 
the decisions have been made already on how in 3.45 it will play out. The maximum that you can buy is 40 megahertz, right? Mm-hmm. And so the the logical conclusion is that the guys who need it the most, Verizon and, and AT&T, will probably go gangbuster to get 40 megahertz. And that leaves 20 megahertz for Dish or for T-Mobile or, you know, it, it depends, right? So they're a motivated buyer and because things got expensive in, in the C-band. And and T-Mobile wants to keep the distance, right? So it's much better if if the spectrum distance, the, their spectrum advantage goes down by only 20 megahertz and not by 40. Because spectrum is the, the fuel on which all of this runs. More spectrum allows you the most easily and cheaply add more capacity, right? You can, over time, do this with cell-side splitting up to a certain point, but buying Spectrum, even at these prices, have been is still the cheaper way. Verizon decided that it was cheaper to split cell-sides than buy Spectrum, and as a result, they bought XO and went down the millimeter wave road and i don't think that worked out too well right mm-hmm. at one point in time you know at at the beginning of hans's leadership they were acknowledged to have the fastest network and the best network and if you trust pc magazine which i don't really have a, a or at least you know if you like their 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 survey they're now third best out of 3 you know this is not acceptable, you know, for at least Verizon. Well, in their defense, I would say that they they have bet big on C band, but none of that spectrum is operational yet, right? So they could have had more more spectrum in lower bands, but you know, the route of spectrum of of cell site splitting did not work out necessarily as well as they thought. But the other lesson is that you know, typically in year four and five. We come very close to to parity of network parity when when it happens. It happens in three G. It happens in four G. That in reality the networks are becoming you know very similar. Right, but I think the, the counter argument I would have is that those are all based on bands where they're they're respective screens and and there is you know relatively equal holdings in terms of the assets that the carriers had to operate on i think the argument here is that absent some sort of enforcement action or or, or adjustment or whatever you want to call it it's not going to end up being that way right well that that is the danger that is the danger right so if t-mobile continues to invest half in CapEx, what AT&T and Verizon do, that gap closes faster than that. But when everybody has equal spectrum, then the difference lies in CapEx. It will be interesting what the FCC will do, because traditionally it has been very favorable towards T-Mobile as 
it was kind of the ward of the FCC. It, it, the, you know, the Chairman Wheeler kind of, no, was it Wheeler? Might have been beforehand. Basically, Demo- Democratic FCC rescued T-Mobile's independence, and since then they have done everything they could do to make them stronger, right? Now they have succeeded probably beyond anybody's expectations, right? Maybe maybe the run of the litter turned into Superman, right? Yeah, if this is a political thing, I mean, the FCC is deadlocked right now. Is this something that that you would expect to see differences between the you know right leaning and left leaning commissioners? Thing, things have changed, so uh, we'll see what happens. Right? I could see very well uh, a unanimous view on this. I don't think we have to wait for one for a permanent chair and fifth person. And it sounds like it's something we're, we're not likely to see before 3.45, but would probably be likely to see before we, we have any other further options beyond that. Yeah, that would be my expectation. All right, well, we'll keep an eye on it. We'll talk next week. Thanks, Roger. All right, thank you. Thank you.